And welcome to another edition of Per My Last Email, Iron Mike, Papa Ganoush, taking you through here. Ganoush, it's, uh, it's been a while since we've had a, had a podcast, but it's, it's good to catch up. I, I presume you're well. It is, my friend. I hope you're doing great. It was great to see you at your engagement party. Oh, it was so great. Super excited to, for our listeners to hear an incredible interview with uh, J.D., we got a wonderful interview coming up. Good friend of the program, uh, JD. First, we're going to talk uh, sports and wanted to get into kind of kind of the biggest news of the week, really, in that uh, the Big Ten has seemed to have uh, lost their backbone. They have just decided to allow Ohio State to go into the Big Ten championship game with only five games, despite the rule saying uh, they needed to play six. So, I mean, Ganoush, what are your initial thoughts? The books are cooked, baby. I mean, I'll tell you this. Jim Harbaugh has to look like he's got to be the biggest winner here because uh, he's in a contract season. He can use the COVID excuse. The guy definitely should not be Michigan's coach anymore. He should but not be. I Absolutely bet you they not. give him like two more years. I'm, I'm telling you, man, they're not going to fire this guy. Well, dude, that's the hardest part when you hire a alum is because you've got it's, – it's, it's less of just a business transaction, employer, employee. There's like – the emotional ties like Jim Harbaugh will always love University of Michigan, even if he gets shit canned by them, which honestly, I think that he should. But right. I agree with you. I mean, he is definitely the benefactor out of this because this would have been his like, what, fifth, sixth loss to Ohio State? Inevitably. Yeah, I, I mean, exactly. He, they were going to get absolutely boat race because they got smoked by Michigan State and Michigan State couldn't even stop a nosebleed against Ohio State. Did you watch that game? I mean, I mean it they, was brutal. they just couldn't couldn't stop anything. And then. You know, you've got the conference championship games coming up here in a little bit. I mean, really, there are only a few, call it tune-up games this weekend. So let's jump ahead to, you know, predictions. SEC championship, we got Alabama, Florida. Apparently, they're allowing like 15,000 fans into Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So that's kind of cool. But, Ganoush, I want to hear your your initial thoughts. 38-21 tied. Uh, that's my prediction. You know, Alabama opened a – they're a 14.5 point favorite, I believe, or close to that. I, I think they're about – 14 points better in Florida, you know, give or take. You got to remember, Florida's trash just had a great season. Florida's got one five-star on, like, their entire team, and it's Brenton Cox, a transfer from UGA. I, I just – you know, Alabama's just so stacked, man. And then Mac Jones is just – this kid is – his accuracy is, like – it's as good as Tua's. It might be the best I've seen an Alabama quarterback since, like, for a long time. Um, definitely before the Brody Croyle and John Parker Wilson days over at, uh, in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> But, All right, so so you got a you got a pick right now, I guess piggybacking off of that shot out of a cannon. Who are your four uh, playoff teams? Oh, Ohio State's in. I mean, uh, they're going to make it. It's it's just going to happen. Uh, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Alabama. Those are the four. Yeah, I, I uh, Texas A and M's really good, man, and I I, I do think that they're, they're going to be the short end of the shaft because you know they obviously didn't have the opportunity to play in the championship game this yeah. year, but. I mean, I well, think they, they're you know, better. They didn't deserve it. They got killed by Alabama. They they uh, they did beat Florida, granted. Um, but, I, you know, I think Texas A&M is a year away. I think they're going to be really good next year. Although they're losing Kellen Mond. So, it's it'll be interesting. I mean, Jimbo's Does, getting guys here, in here. Here's one for you. Does Florida go in if they beat Alabama and do both Florida Absolutely. and Alabama? Absolutely. Yeah. Florida gets in. Alabama probably still gets in just because they're Alabama. And they would overtake the loser because you got to assume Ohio State's in. I mean, provided they don't lose Oof. their oh, God. game. You know, Notre Dame would have a good argument over Alabama. I, I know no, they wouldn't beat Alabama if they played. But no, if Notre Dame, let's say they lose to Clemson by like a field goal in the ACC championship, what do you do? You know, and for to be, it's like <laughs> you got to expand the playoff next year. You know, they, that, that, you know they they always say expand the playoff, but then once the playoff gets expanded, they're going to try to have again, to expand right. it more and expand it more and expand it more. I, I, I'm cool with six teams, and then two the first uh, first two seeds have a bye. Honestly, I think it's cool. I mean, you know, we're going to segue yeah. to NFL here in a little bit, but like how the NFL is doing it now, where they have seven teams and the number one team gets a bye. Right. Yeah. That's I. I I think it looks like the dogs are going to play either Cincinnati or Coastal Carolina, which will both be interesting in the Peach Bowl. Uh, I mean, I think that's just a lose lose for Georgia. You, you know? know, like I, I don't. I'm, I'm, look, I'm pretty optimistic about it. both. I think both teams are undefeated. I do believe. Yeah, they are. Uh, they are. And Coastal Carolina beat a 13th ranked BYU team. I'm like right. that's, I mean, that's a decent accomplishment. You know, particularly in a year truly unlike any other. Um, I saw so, yeah, a great tweet about that. It was like. <laughs> 
<laughs> BYU uh, loses to the biggest party school. Uh, you know, BYU team that's not allowed to drink coffee loses to the biggest party school in the South or something like that. It was pretty good. You know that they had a kid that. on their basketball team a couple of years ago get, like, kicked off the – kicked out of school, I think, because they found out he had premarital sex. I mean, that's just wild. Yeah. You know, I heard actually at the Citadel you have to tell people that you're not allowed to get engaged while you're in school, and then you got to wait till your senior year to get engaged. And if you get a girl pregnant, they kick you out of school. Oh my crazy? god! I mean, I, I, that's why I'm glad every day we went to the greatest university of all time, and that being the University of Georgia, despite right. the fact that we might play Coastal Carolina or Cincinnati in some probably meaningless bowl game. But hey, a bowl game is a bowl game. I'll, right. I'll take it. LSU, they're not going to a bowl game this year. They got they they took the self imposed ban the one year that nothing counts. Yeah, I mean they're just they're uh, Coach Ed Odron. He's he he'll be gone in two years, man. I hate to say no he's, he is Gene no Chizik. No, Michael, he's Gene Chizik. I'm telling you, man. Remember Gene All Chizik right. won it with Cam Newton. Yep. And then the next year they were like the worst team. It was that was all Gus Malzahn back then. You know, well Cam yeah. Newton's Cam Newton, but uh, right. I I just I, do, I think Ed Odron's got two years left, and LSU's not going to put up with losing for a while, man. So, segueing to Cam Newton, uh, you know, because we've got kickoff here in a couple hours. We've got Pat's Rams coming up tonight. Uh, Patriots have been putting on a little bit of a run here as of lately. I mean, behind the running of Cam Newton. But same with the Rams. They're, uh, they're looking strong there in the NFC West. So, you got, uh, you got any picks for uh, tonight? We got line as uh, Los Angeles by four and a half. I'm rooting for the Patriots tonight just because I want them to have the most mediocre mediocre uh, draft pick because I hate the Patriots with all my heart. So I want them to be like eight and eight every year for the next 20 years, like the Falcons have been. Uh, And uh, yeah, just get like middle of the road draft picks and not do anything ever again. And that's definitely going to happen to the Falcons. I'm I'm a little petty if if that's uh, a good way to put it. Yeah. Dude, we are, we are a petty podcast. I love love nothing more than a Tom Petty and and B being a petty podcast. So, Speaking of the Dirty Birds, we got the Chargers uh, this weekend. We're favored by two and a half. Uh, the Chargers, they've actually had a great year. Like, if you look at their, their statistics, like Justin Herbert, he could potentially be a rookie of the year candidate. Like, this is this game is not a lock by any means, and I kind of hope that we lose it. Yeah, well, you know, the more games we lose, the closer we get to that one spot. Obviously, the Jets have it locked up, but we could get a guy like Michael Parsons, that defensive end from uh, Penn State. That would be great. You know, he, he's an absolute stud. Look how bad Penn yeah. State's been without him. You know, granted, maybe they just did this a hey, horrible thing, but suck. right. T's and P's to all our uh, Penn State listeners out there. But, yeah, they're, they're not too good. Yeah. Indiana, talk about a heck of a season they've had, man. Uh, you know, your guy, Michael Penis Jr., uh, <laughs> Penix Jr. Uh, um, <laughs> Tours ACL, though, he did. Who do you see coming out as the horse in the NFC East? We got uh, we got the football team and the New York Football Giants looking. I guess well, the Giants are going to win that division, man. Uh, it's it's going to happen. I just don't think they're going to do anything in the playoffs. Who who do you got for MVP right now? God, man, that's hard. Um, Russell Wilson's kind of falling off a little bit. Dude, it is definitely not Russell Wilson. I, I can definitively say yeah, that. I'm going to give it to Rodgers. It's between Rodgers and Mahomes, in my opinion. And you yeah, want to throw true. like a dark horse Josh Allen in there because it's it's weird how like the I feel like your thought process for MVP gets locked in usually with like around this you know it, it really starts like middle of the season through like week twelve or thirteen and if you really like shine during those time periods because you remember you and I a couple years ago. We got some pretty good odds on Matty Ice when he won the MVP. We won a bet at thirty-one to thirty-five to one odds. We did, so, we did. Like that, that middle of the season, you know, it, from from then is really when you start, you know, seeing. But yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to argue against Rodgers or Mahomes, and in, in my opinion. So, I agree with you. But here, listen to this on Rodgers. This is why I got to pick him. He's thrown, I think it's one touchdown pass to a first-round draft pick in his career. Like, that's crazy. Is Devontae Adams not a first-round no. pick? I guess he's probably like a second-round no. pick. Um, I mean, it's, it's insane. Not only Donald Driver wasn't even a first-rounder. Uh, that's wild. It's, that, that's a fun stat. It is. And, like, look at what Matt, Matt Ryan's throwing to you. I mean, Julio, Calvin Ridley. They're trying to say – I saw Todd McShay's mock draft. He's like, the Falcons are going to get Kyle Pitts. And I'm like, Kyle Pitts is a badass. Don't get me wrong. But they do not need a tight end. They need to get good on no. defense. We, we need – we need a strong defensive, but but I, I guess this segues into into another point of mine, which is now we're in the look for a coach. I think we got to go with an offensive guy. The way that the league's changing, dude. You're gonna call me crazy here, but what if the Falcons got Jim Harbaugh? 
He's a good pro coach, man. He is a good pro coach. I would I would not be uh I would not be opposed to that. I'm, All right. Uh la- last thing, I'm gonna pick your brain right here before we get to our awesome interview with our good friend JD. Um what or I'm gonna give you over under tickets to the Jaguars Titans game, fifteen dollars. Over or under. I'm gonna say under. It is over. It is seven tickets as low as seventeen dollars to the Titans for the Jaguars one game. for the one and eleven Jaguars in the middle of a pandemic in Jacksonville, Florida, in in Alltel Stadium or whatever the name. Would you go is. in the hot tub in Jacksonville right now for free? <laughs> you uh, you could you could not pay me all of King Midas's silver for a billion dollars. Would you do like a shot of that hot tub water? I mean, of course, I would do many things for a billion dollars. <laughs> I think we all would. I agree. Um, all right. Well, uh, good, good talking some, some football right there. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, but coming up, we got our good friend JD on the program talking a bunch of interesting, uh, business ideas. So you're going to want to stick around and, uh, take a listen to that. And welcome back to Per My Last Email. Iron Mike, Papa Ganoush, taking you through here. Man, we got a fun interview coming up today. A great friend of mine, a good friend of the program, and a serial entrepreneur, my buddy JD. Uh, he's got some great ideas out there. One in particular that I'm a big fan of connects interesting uh, investment opportunities to like minded people to really grow sort of an ecosystem. JD, I'm going to take it over and have you discuss a little bit about this idea. I believe it's called the FNF. Iron Mike Papa Ganesh, what a pleasure it is! Glad to, be to have you today. on, man. Um, yeah, no, it's it's great to be with you guys. Listen for God, what's it been? Two, three months? How long have y'all been it's, doing? We, this? We've been doing this now since yeah, like the end of July. So we've only done this is only our fourth episode with. Uh, interviewing someone so that we've only done for the past two months but it's been it's been fun man soaring up the spotify charts i've been following it from afar and, and been a big fan no fired up to be here um mike yes thank you for the interview i have been toiling away at a lot of different things since school um which mike i've obviously talked your ear off of, about many of them but but most recently, yeah, I've, I've wanted to put together a, a like-minded group of people with somewhat of a regular cadence where I can highlight people that are doing interesting things to other people who I think are going to be doing interesting things, whether that's investing with entrepreneurs or reading along for my small business ideas it's all good well that's that's um, that's great to hear um how many people you got on this distribution so far and and how are you thinking about scaling so what's funny is you think about friends and family everybody has an f and f round or a friends and family round when they're first starting a business you call your rich uncle you call your girlfriend's dad um you know the the folks that come to the right. top of mind i wanted to keep it include or or small and, and just inclusive to start, uh, have just over 215 guys and girls that uh, I've crossed paths with in, in one shape or another. That's awesome. That's uh, that's great. Um, Ganoush, what do you what do you have to add on that? Yeah, so it's it's probably the most interesting, you know, uh, idea we've had on the podcast. Not to take a shot at Kratom Tea. I love Kratom Tea, but Kratom Tea is Mike great. And I were talking about this earlier, man. I think it's a brilliant idea just not to toot your horn, but tell me how you go about finding people to add to your newsletter. Like I, I remember a couple of years ago and I talked to Mike about this. My dad's buddy was doing a handheld x-ray machine and they hadn't had FDA approval yet, but they were doing like a bunch of angel investing on it and stuff like that. And my dad was trying to get me invested in it. He put a big sum down for sure. Unfortunately, it didn't really turn out to anything just yet, but, <laughs> They think they're going to be getting right. uh, FDA approval soon. And this was like five years ago. So are you weeding out? I know this is kind of a double question. Are you weeding out, um, you know, stuff in certain stages or is it just like general right. ideas or are you like, Hey, this is ready to rock or, you know, is it just initial stuff? No, it's honestly such a good question. And 
I've been so interested in sort of the world of crowdfunding and how high net worth investors can find interesting opportunities. Um, high net worth investors can really vary in all different aspects. They can be doctors, smart professionals with a lot of capital. Maybe they're not experts in XYZ field like real estate, or they can be crypto millionaires, yet somebody needs to sort of guide them. I am in no way or, or shape trying to be a fiduciary here. All I am trying to do is highlight opportunities that I think are interesting and that others think are interesting. Essentially like you the, guys, the Uber for crowdfunding, you're connecting people. I want to be a platform, exactly. Introductions, et cetera. I'm interested, like I consume crowdfunding you know, all day at, at my nine to five and, and outside of it, I'm interested in sort of how folks are allocating capital. Have you guys ever heard of crowdfunding? Like Mike, Papa Ganoush, do you guys, Absolutely. is crowdfunding a word you've heard you of? You know, it's, it's funny you say that. I, I think there's, you know, from a higher level, um, you know, obviously you just, you think about like venture capital and you think about ways to access capital that way, but just you know, in the sense of, you know, besides this or like GoFundMes or thing like that, I'm not really sure. Do you have, I mean, could you educate us? Could you enlighten our listeners a little bit about it? It's a shark take term for sure, man. I definitely learned about it on there. Right. No, it is. And so I think, I don't know what, what year it was, maybe 2012, the laws were opened up where non-accredited investors could start partaking in different opportunities. So folks less than a million dollars in net worth can partake in different opportunities. Still a lot of stuff is reserved for the, you know, folks of, of a million plus, but it's, it's getting opened up. Not nonetheless. Um, What I think is most interesting is that these are like investments that have been reserved for sort of the higher class for institutional investors, pensions, endowments, et cetera. Um, but they deserve a part in everybody's portfolio. I'm interested, Iron Mike, as a 29-year-old engaged man, 28-year-old engaged man, what does your asset allocation look like? What do you think in equity, stocks, venture, real estate, and how do you want it to look? It's funny you say that. Uh, Only only, only old uh, paintings and cars (laughs) and, and old ships. No, actually, yeah, right now, road and Yield Street for that. <laughs> no, right now it's funny because I have I have Fidelity as my brokerage, so so you can you can see you know your your breakdown, and I am I am a hundred percent stocks. I mean, I'm I'm lucky in the way that I kind of manage my you know call it living expenses because I really don't. You need own to, no crypto. I own zero crypto, so I used to own crypto. Uh, sold it out. I remember you and I got into it summer of like 2017. I got in at Litecoin at 50, and then I got out. But yeah, I'm I'm no crypto. Um, I mean, I know we have we have some friends out there. Uh, shout out, they know who they are. Uh, who've made a, a killing in the crypto game. But I mean, it's it's is it too late for me to to jump into Bitcoin? You think? I have no idea, Malloy. What are you? Are you long Bitcoin? I, I am. You I, gotta buy some crypto. You know, to be honest with you, I've always kind of liked Bitcoin, but it's not something that I really would like. You know, uh, put all my eggs in that basket, man. It's just so volatile. I, to be honest, I'm buying my second house right now. Um, I nice. a lot of stocks are you know big with me, and then um, I mean, honestly, uh, I, I've actually looked in some casino reads lately with my financial Ooh. advisor. So you know, kind of little bit of everything i try to diversify my portfolio as much as i can i'm interested so like not to play interviewee interviews the interviewer but malloy second house like is this a rental property so the, like, the, this is going to be my here? primary uh that i'm living in and closing uh this month but uh the amazing the the condo i'm in right now in bucket it's right off lennox i'm going to rent that out epic so how have rents been in Buckhead? I mean, I imagine things have held pretty steady. I mean, Iron Mike, you, you're analyzing collections all day. Like, what's the real estate world? Like? Yeah, you know, it's it's funny you say that. From a collections perspective, apartments and, and rental properties have held up really since the pandemic. Uh, there's a trade organization that puts out uh, daily collections numbers. And I think at the end of November, they were something like, you know, 92 to 94 percent nationally for like apartment collections so but in terms of rents that you can get 
markets like Atlanta have, they've really stabilized more than your high barrier coastal markets. I read something recently that said um, San Francisco, their rents for one bedroom apartments have fallen 25% year over year. Interesting. New York, it's, it's very similar. And they're offering a lot of concessions in New York. I mean, I live down in Battery Park in lower Manhattan and, and I have, uh, I have the alerts out for street easy, which is a super fun app. If you just want to go peruse New York city real estate and uh, units similar to the one that, that me and sweet Dana are in right now. Uh, are renting on a 15-month lease. They're giving three-month uh, concessions. So it's essentially like a 20% decrease in rent. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I mean, I, I think that – and this is another thing I wanted to segue to the real estate side because I know that you have some experience, you know, particularly in the, in the multifamily side, in a lot of these hot markets. So, like, I'm sure you're seeing a, a lot in the same. And so do you think that these – kind of less accredited investor less accredited investors that you talked about are they looking to say put their money into a apartment complex in Tampa or in Orlando or, or one of those kind of really hot fast growing markets no totally um, I think everybody needs to have some sort of real estate in their portfolio and I think it can look a lot of different ways I personally like you, Papa Ganoush would love to own just a rental property. Like a lot of folks think of that 800, 2000, 3000, whatever the check is that comes in each month as just incredible supplemental income, right. especially once you get older. Um, real estate can be lumpy. Real estate private equity can really be lumpy in terms of just business plans, where you're spending capital um, to try to frankly drive out performance but some sort of diversification is key. I honestly tell a lot of people, just look on Zillow, get on these things. The Zestimate is super interesting as to what you could, A, what's the house worth? B, what would my mortgage payment be? And C, what, what's the rent that I could charge? And if there's a Delta, it's worth digging into. Um, it's, it's pretty wild with Zillow too, because it's really taken away that secrecy of, you know, people used to not talk about how much money someone made or how much someone's house was worth. Now you can right. go on Zillow and just see what the house next door to you costs. Although that stuff is definitely a little dated because I've like searched my parents' house on there. And I think a lot of it is from like the last transaction time. And so they bought mm -hmm. it in 2000, you know, 20 years ago. Yeah. They, and it's they like, do a estimate though. If you look at the, like it's in the fine. Oh, they do? Okay. Yeah. They're getting their comps in there right. for sure. Speaking of Zillow, have y'all seen, so I forget his, the founder's name. He created another company just recently called Picasso, where basically second homeowners can buy anywhere from a half to an eighth of a house. And they're selling these like $12 million houses in Colorado. And you put down, I mean, it's ridiculous. So it's like Three, a timeshare? Yeah, bucks. I was going to say, very timeshare -y. Exactly. They try to say they're the anti-timeshare because in theory, you own the equity in the house. So if the house goes from 12 to 14, you make money. But yeah, you get six weeks in it. It's kind of funky, but the data they have says majority of second homes go totally unoccupied from 10 out of 12 months. Feels like there's really? some money to be made there. There's definitely some money to be made there. Well, speaking about you know, money making, you know, real estate opportunities. I know we've talked about this a couple of times. I mean, I'm sure as you've seen up in New York, you know, now, despite it being cold, there are still a number of people trying to do this outdoor dining, but you've got to think at some point there's there is going to be storage necessary for those kind of outdoor structures that are set up. Wasn't there, don't I recall a business idea that you had kind of in, in that vein for a bit? Oh, that's so good. Yeah. So it's funny how it all shook out. I've been obsessed with the idea that there are retail stores and restaurants in New York that have basements that sit vacant. Storage is at a premium in the city. There, everybody always needs extra space, yet we have this vacant space underground on every single block. An initial idea was have restaurants that are nearby store their outside tables, lamps, whatever it may be. Now that outdoor dining is going to last year round, I'm not sure that's going to shake out. But for all the per my last email listeners, if you have any ideas on how to use 
vacant basement space that doesn't need to be occupied or that doesn't need to be attended to often, let us know because there's something to do there. It could almost be like, you know how Travis Kalanick had that, uh, the ghost kitchen idea. It's like, it's like a ghost storage idea. Like you sign up that basement to be, I don't know, just, just spitball. No, it's a ghost something. It's a ghost something idea. There's something to do there. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Ganesh, you were you were saying? I mean, speakeasies, dude. I would I would love to go to New York and get like a slice of pizza from a basement. Uh, that'd be awesome. Well, uh, that's you can't really. Uh, you're not going to be able to eat indoors in New York. <laughs> oh, next that's true. Week, yeah. So, yeah. You know, whenever no near term dining, but you're right in terms of just entertainment. Like, I'm sure there's some basements that folks would play poker in. Folks would have exactly. book night in. Interesting. I had a actually indoor dining tonight here in Atlanta. I don't. I don't. How was it? Uh, any virus exists down here, so you can you can still eat indoors up here, but uh, but unfortunately, I do think uh, our days are limited. All right, I do want to segue real quick to a little fun segment that I was thinking about, and I've got a couple good stories too. That's why I was uh, I wanted to bring it up, but I know that we got all, on, Mike. I know that we've all had that first job that you know we just took right out of college. It was just kind of to pay the bills, you know, you really just looking forward to Fridays and Saturdays and going out with the fellows, you know, and, and you, you really were just trying to get it to get a paycheck and it wasn't going to be your career. And I'm sure we all got fed up with those jobs and ended up quitting those jobs. I sure know I hated my first job. So I think we should go around and I'll start tell a funny story from your first job that looking back, you're like, oh, man, that's so goofy. I can't believe I did that. I will happily start. So the company that I worked for, um, I, in a sense, had to do, there was a cold calling aspect of it, but one, one big facet was customers would apply directly on the website and uh, the information would get forwarded to our sales force, which sat in the same room that I sat in. And when they got one of those hot leads, they would be instructed to call them because it was way better than like pulling out the phone book and and trying to, you know, just dial a random phone number. So I would go on there during work and I'd fill out fake, um, fake leads for people named like Maya Buttreeks or Amanda <laughs> Hug and Kiss or, you know, Huge Ass. And it was so funny because the people sitting across from me, I'd like see them get the leads in and they'd be like, all right, like we practiced this this morning. Like, like, just remember your sales coach and your sales coach. They they pick up. It'd be some, like, random number. And you could tell how dejected they would get when they'd ask for Amanda Hug and Kiss. And it was just, <laughs> like, a, a, a prank prank phone call in the Simpsons. But that one, I was always really happy about that. Oh, You were getting and, paid to do prank phone calls. And another one. We had fake LinkedIn account, um, fake leads for people named, like, Maya Buttreeks or Amanda Hug and Kiss. <laughs> Or, you know, huge ass. And it was so funny because the people sitting across from me, I'd like see them get the leads in and they'd be like, all right, like we practiced this this morning. Like, like just remember your sales coach and your sales coach. And they'd, they'd pick up, it'd be some like random number. And you could tell how dejected they would get when they'd ask for Amanda hug and kiss. And it was just <laughs> like a, a, a prank, prank phone call in the Simpsons. But that one, I was always really happy about that. Oh, you were getting and, paid to do prank phone calls. And another one, we had fake LinkedIn accounts that we were supposed to just randomly friend people and see if they wanted like some of the products that we offered. And one of the LinkedIn accounts, they were like kind of near what our names were to make it seem more legit. And so I got the password to one of the accounts and I changed the account name to Mike Roch. And it was Mike Roch on the account for like six months. And then they ended up changing it back. And if you want to go on LinkedIn, the account is Garrett Roch and it's still up there from like PW Lending Services. I just, I hope somebody from that fucking company is listening to this because that was a really shitty job. What's up with that shitty company these days, Mike? Uh, it's probably not even around. Although there was a really sweet woman that worked there who I really liked a lot, who's our, our buddy's mom. But uh, yes. she was like the only she was like the only person I liked there. Everybody else sucked. You had good people there. I mean, there there were the, a couple the of good guy people. Was the, the NAS hat, but, but PWC man provider web capital. Oh, and that was another one. They I have so many stories about this. We could just have a podcast about this in general, but. 
first like the, jobs and first friends at first jobs are really funny. Oh, too. yeah. You're just yeah. looking around at each other like, this is miserable. What do y'all think? And they're miserable, too. <laughs> I feel like there's always a guy there that's been there for so long, and he's got, like, gauge earrings, and he takes you under his wing. And, you're, like, <laughs> and you're, you're freaked out how he can continue to wake up every morning and show up, but he does it. So you're like, damn, okay, wow. It is pretty mind blowing about some jobs because people have been just getting up and taking the LIRR in for 30 years to like sleep at their desk for five hours a day and then get their paycheck and go back out to their, you know, town in Ronkonkoma, Long Island. And that's their life. <laughs> that is life. But, but you want to know why? Nobody ever told them it could be different. But also right. providing for their children, they're happy, et cetera. But, there's other ways to make Dude, money and outside they're just, of sleeping they're just, at your desk. There are just some people out there that like they're okay with that. You know, they're not like rise and grind like 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 we are. You know, they're fine with just putting in their nine thirty. There was this dude who I worked with in my first job in New York, and that motherfucker would get in. I mean, at nine thirty one every day, and five oh two comes around, and he was the first person out of there, and every. <laughs> Every excuse he could have to be out of the office, he I mean, he must have missed a quarter of the days of work, but nobody cared because See, I didn't really do anything. That, job. that guy, though, should – he shouldn't be working a desk job. He's doing that because that's what's standard. That guy should start a mobile car washing business. He should have people cutting other people's lawns, you know, cleaning people's but he's, windows. But he, he was making the same 100K and work fucking 12 hours a week. But he's Excuse probably not smart enough out. to be. Oh, yeah, we'll, right. we'll bleep it out. We we got the bleep at the end. Um, but um, he's probably not smart enough to do that. You know, like this is right. a job where I like professionally read the Wall Street Journal. Like we didn't do anything. Right. So you know, I don't know. Anyways, y'all got any 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 fun stories? I've got a couple really odd jobs that I did. You know, when I was thirteen, I I was an umpire, and it was like <laughs> right after Little League, and they put me to like umpire nine-year-old games and imagine like a 13-year-old umpiring for nine-year-olds and let me tell you their parents are the biggest assholes that you've ever met in your life so i was behind, sure. of course behind the plate because the other guy didn't want to do it and it's my first time ever doing it. and we got paid nine dollars a game and these games were probably about three hour games <laughs> <laughs> and, and like i didn't realize at the time i was like i guess i gotta call it like a fair game you know uh and, and the guy was like dude you just gotta call strikes man just the more strikes, the closer we get to this being over. And I was like, yeah, good point. But anyway, so I'm 13, right? So I couldn't drive a car yet. And my mom was like, hey, uh, you're umpiring one of these kids' games. Uh, that, my friend, I forget what her name was, her friend's name. She's going to give you a ride home. I was like, all right, cool, whatever. Uh, and I figured, you know, the kid played left field or something like that. So he was the opposing team's pitcher. And he didn't throw a single strike across the plate the entire game. <laughs> so he gave oh. up like 27 runs and was crying in the back <laughs> of the car while I'm driving the ride home. And his mom was oh, like, you couldn't God. call a single strike for this kid. I was just like, oh, man. I was just, it was so cringy. And it, people, parents would try to fight you. I mean, you're a 13-year-old kid, and you don't know what you're doing, dude. It's just That is brutal. It was. Isn't it funny, though? Like, when you're a nine-year-old, you're like, God, this grown man is such an idiot. Right. But really, it's just some preteen with no pubes. Yeah, exactly. It's, it, exactly. I, I remember in, like, sixth grade thinking that, like, the eighth graders were the big bad kids on school. And now I'd be like, I could beat the shit out of some 14-year-old. <laughs> I mean, if you went to a middle yeah, school, you, you could, could definitely beat the beat shit up out of a 14-year-old. Right. <laughs> <laughs> This is not an endorsement of beating the shit out of fourteen year old. Just, just a disclaimer. This podcast but... is anti fourteen year old beating up. <laughs> I mean, parents would be like, "Hey, up, are you blind?" I'm like, "I'm 13. I, it's like... Which really makes you think, like, like I just think back to like high school football coaches. And apologies if there are any high school football coaches listening to the podcast. <laughs> but like, part of your profession is to yell at adolescents. It's like. Do you enjoy like I think some of those people like our high school football coaches definitely enjoyed like yelling at sixteen. Years. Wait, tell me about yeah, this five eighteen like company. Dumb, had. Too. That's true. Like I was such a shithead when I was sixteen. Let me hear about this five eighteen company you guys had. Oh, oh the, yeah, uh, it was so that was a fun one. Um, we should pick that one back up, Mike. Be a tech disruptor, like we'd be billionaires. We're sitting here with like one comma in our bank accounts. We could easily have three. Anyways, there was this game that you taught me, Malloy, 
It was uh, poker chess. I'll, I'll leave a link in the description for the boys that want to learn how to play poker chess. I'm not actually going to leave the link, link, but if you ever want to play with me, just DM Mike, me. Mike, there is you. no link. The game does not exist. It's a fun game, though. Malloy, um, this game has got to be widespread. I forgot that you made this game. People love it. People pick fun, it up dude. instantly. It is the perfect card game. Yeah, but we were we were going to build an app that was like a poker chess game. Um, and I actually bought a, a book of C++ programming. And I don't know why I did, because it was just a waste of $50. That was um, the end of 518 Ventures when we were no longer going to outsource our development. It was going to be Mike Griff doing it. <laughs> just, like the, the death. just like the one Python class that I took. And I was like, all right, I know Python. Uh, Come on, we're idea it. guys. We're not, we're not. I know. We're, we're big, we're big picture guys. You know, we're, we're, we're <laughs> M night guys. We're, we're not, we're not, you know, we're not nuts and bolts guys for sure. Um, exactly. way, way better to be a big picture, but yeah, no, that's uh, God. There are just there's so many great business ideas out there. Um, I don't know. Kind of, kind of got me thinking. I mean, with with COVID, you know, I mean, thank God we got this vaccine news. Hopefully, we'll be able to all get inoculated, uh, you know, sometime next year. But like, there are definitely gonna be some longer term changes to you know, kind of how we did life before that we're not gonna do, um, you know after COVID. So, so JD, I'm going to start with you. Just shot out of a can and give me a couple things that you think aren't really going to be the same when we get to this post COVID world. And then Malloy, I'll, I'll follow up with you. All right. So first off the top of my head is we're not going to get to play 40 rounds of golf. Um, working from home is cute and all um, as a salesperson raising capital for real estate investments during a dark pandemic i got to play a lot of golf this year so i got to go from horrible to really good back to beyond horrible to very mediocre so that is one thing that i will certainly miss in a post-vaccine world yeah um Lloyd, what about you i just got a puppy man so that was a big jump uh i would say Man, work, yeah, working from home is obviously number one. I don't feel like a big a piece of shit ordering as much uh, Uber Eats as I do these yes. days and Instacart like I used to yes. before the pandemic because I feel like it's about the same that I did before then. Uh, well, you know, DoorDash just IPO'd today and they were at like $102 a share. I thought they were going to be at like 60 bucks or maybe that was Airbnb. Wait, but like, yeah, that today? shit's definitely here to stay. Or they're like going to go public this week and they like price the shares or something. But like, yeah, I mean, you've got Grubhub, you've got Uber Eats, you've got DoorDash. Like, post. I mean, it's a uh, sorry Postmates as well. Right, right. Like, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a saturated market. And I actually read something that, like, for the longest time, that component of like Uber's business was just so unprofitable because the company had to get a cut, the restaurant had to get a cut, and the delivery guy had to get a cut. But now, because of covid there's just so much more of a demand well, they just thrash I restaurants think... restaurants now are giving up 30 percent right. of tickets to these deliveries but they'll take it because they have nothing else what do you guys right. think is going to be good about this pandemic um i i think that i mean for a longer term societal thing you're going to see a lot more investment in like stem education and a lot more you know government and private resources in like medical fields. I mean, I think you're going to see a lot of kids who might've gone into finance or law or some other high uh, earning profession want to be able to work in the biotech field. So the investment that you're already seeing and, you know, companies like Pfizer and Moderna and, and all that, like you're just going to continue to see that because I, I don't want to sound like a pessimist, but I don't necessarily think that this is going to be the last one of these pandemics that we see in our lifetime. I mean, every day you're hearing about, you know, humans and animals getting pushed closer together and all these like, you know, the way that these animals are farmed now, like they're just bred to be food. And like that just allows for a lot so more what happens, spread. So, yeah, a good point. I, like what happens? So what was our last pandemic? Did... Swine flu. I mean, it depends what you call it. 1918, definitely I mean, Spanish, Spanish flu. flu. 
Well, you had the Spanish flu. You had the Hong Kong flu so, in like you 1968. You had so, but SARS only killed nine hundred people. Let's say like the equivalent globally. of SARS comes around. I bet you we. Do, I bet you well, we do a SARS lockdown, and I bet my... you we wear masks for three months. I really do. So that's so that's why they're saying that a lot of these East Asian countries were so much better equipped at dealing. I don't think I don't think Taiwan has had a transmitted case <laughs> of coronavirus in like 250 days. How is that days, even feasible? Like, it slows my mind. Because I mean, you, you well, you look at like China, and China. The only way they did it is they like forced people to stay in their apartments. But like everywhere else, like there wasn't this concerted effort to fight wearing a mask people just wore masks and they didn't really go into crowded areas i mean south korea they held an election in april you know where tens of millions of people voted and you know the most i think the most number of cases they've had in like a single day is like a right. thousand and south korea has probably got 60 million right people. i mean we could talk covid for days i i just am interested like of course we could have done things better i mean Mike, you and I have talked about Atlanta did not need to be shut down in April, May, June. It didn't. But it. But if we had yeah, taken right. certain steps, probably more prohibitive than the current steps they're taking, then we probably could have just achieved a daily U.S. case of, I don't know, 30, 40,000 cases. And maybe that's something we can all live with. But like right now doesn't seem sustainable. Um, I think we'll look back and feel regretful for how many cases are going on don't get me wrong i went to miami this weekend but uh you know the country is a whole <laughs> yeah no i mean i am but like i'm nervous I, I have my mask on leaving my my place now but i don't know it's just the next pandemic um, i'm gonna I'm make sure to in. call uh king cuomo and have him uh exhort you straight to a detention well how about this travel ban COVID. in california both my sisters live in la and neither one of them can come like you can't drive farther than two two hours in a car from where you are i mean dude they can't enforce that. i mean what do they, they have like the hell out of you but in california like, is it a, it's a stay at home order right now exactly yeah so you can't they, it's not like they can drive to vegas I mean, they could, mm-hmm. but Vegas is probably Vegas has been accessible before the virus. Right. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, you know, the fly from there, I, I, you know, even if they've drove from L.A., that's three days here, three days back, no, that's six days miserable. out of their vacation. So it's like, I mean, it no. sucks. Dude. I mean, at that point, they might as well just stay in California or stay in Georgia. I mean, look, I think that really you've got to get through these next four to six weeks. And by then you'll probably have at least. 20 million Americans hopefully vaccinated, of which a majority of that is the higher risk population, which ultimately, like, the societal goal is to preserve as many of those lives as you can. So you get the higher risk population vaccinated. But yeah, I mean, to to your point, J.D., I I think that it could have been so much more easily solved. I mean, hindsight is 2020, of course, when they were... yeah. Hindsight's always 2020. I think it was probably until sometime in June before I got back up to New York that I like consistently started sure. wearing a mask. But like now it's just like it's like a no brainer. It's like, oh, I'm leaving my apartment. I've got my keys, my phone, my wallet, my mask, you know, which is and something you always. And I think if people no, go took, ahead, I was just going to say sorry, it's not because you're a prick until June. It's because nobody told us that we needed right. to wear a mask. And Honestly, right, until June, right. it's not like we were really hanging out with a ton of people. I mean, even today, the most people I've been around in a single setting is, I mean, maybe 20. You have two 10-person tables at an outdoor restaurant. But outside of that, right. I, I never interact I, with a random person without a mask on. I, I well, we went to Mr. I, I mean, Purple I, like the week before this <laughs> happened, Michael. Remember? We we did that one. That one was pretty nuts. It was me, Ganoush, and, and Sweet Dana, and you could already tell then that was like the middle of March, and that was right when we were moving into our new place. And then I was so stressed. I remember Malloy. We we like showed him our new apartment. We were walking back to the old one, and I was like, I want to go back to Atlanta. They're gonna shut everything down, and lo and behold, I ended up going back. And to then the- we drank like eleven pitchers at that Irish bar. What, what, that <laughs> <laughs> outside drink sounds about right oh man um before before we do end and this has been a fantastic oh interview, my god Katie, thank you so much blast. i do want to pick y'all's brain 
Uh, one sports related thing, you know, I'm sure we'll, we, we talked in the segment before about sports. I'm sure it'll be in the next one. Uh, you know, we just heard that the Ohio state Michigan game got canceled this year. So boys, what are we thinking in terms of the college football playoffs? What do you think, JD? All right. So, I mean, there's a couple of shoe-ins, right? Bama's locked in. Clemson's locked in. Right. Who else is Notre? Is Notre, is Dame, Notre Dame locked in? Do they have to play another? They game? are. Yeah, they got to play Clemson, and if they lose to Clemson, even if they lose, let's see, with three touchdowns, they beat Clemson. So it's like, hey, we 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 deserve a best of three, you know? I, I feel, feel like, like right, dude. I don't know. I think if they get fucking boat raced, if they lose by like forty points, then yeah. But I mean, if it's let's say if it's thirty-eight, if it's seventeen, with, if it's with, they're in, they're in. Y- yeah, if it's within twenty, God, five, see, yeah. that sucks. You know what? I bet happens just to make it all more complicated. Notre Dame's quarterback gets COVID the week of. And then you play the game oh, yeah. of oh we lost, but year. our quarterback was out. It was we lost by seven right. points. And then sorry, who who else is like, you know, dogs are hanging out eight or nine. Who else is right there? So Texas A&M. Yeah, Texas A&M. Is How many games five, have they played? Like three or four. Florida is six. Well, their game got canceled against Ole Miss. So what they're saying, what I was reading on the Twitter verses today is that they should play Ohio State this week. Interesting. Kind of as a reschedule. Oh, no, I think that'd be a lot of fun. Eight games. And then you know who the number seven team is in the nation? It's Cincinnati. The Bearcats. That's where my sister went, man. I love that. Well, go yeah. Bearcats. Sure I, I think Ohio sure State's a lock, man. I hate to say it. Even if they only play five regular season games and then they have the Big Ten Championship – the, the con- no, but that's the thing. That's so that they they would have to change that rule because the Big Ten set at the beginning of the season you have to play at least six games in order to qualify for the. Oh, dude, they they'll bend and make change so rules true. for Ohio sure State all day long. That's the thing, though, is the committee always said we're looking at the four best teams in the country, and if you're saying the four best teams in the country right now, to me, Alabama, Clemson, and then honestly Ohio State, I put them ahead of Notre Dame. Yeah, uh, yeah, I would. I mean, too. just. You know, I, they. I mean, every game they played, they've pretty much dominated, except for that Indiana game, I, which I didn't get to see yeah. most of. But I mean, Fields is great. I, I don't know. That's, I that's think my take, man. I mean, as much as they come up on Dan Patrick, I would think they make it in there. Um, all right, Coach. Any uh, any any pressing uh, last thoughts you you got I in mean, here? Or I mean, we we got to have you on on again. I mean, absolutely, this has been so informative, and to, and to all our listeners, you know, I'm sure they're. They're getting a lot out of it. But we'll, I mean, uh, we'll per give my you last, last email, word. guys, this has been so fun. Um, would love to be a recurring guest. Can certainly be a little less um, long-winded in future episodes, just like shooting the shit <laughs> with you guys. But, no, it's been great. Dude, I think the shooting the shit part's great. And, again, thank you so much for coming on. Again, our good friend, J.D., uh, he's got his family and friends FNF newsletter comes out about once every two or three weeks really good uh informative uh collaboration uh dm us you know post in the comments if you want your email added um and yeah jd Lord, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you Mike, soon buddy. thanks so much boys talk soon thanks See jd you you're the man all right And welcome back. God, Ganoush, what a fun interview that was. I mean, what a great guy. Really some cool ideas. You know, we, we got to make J.D. a recurring guest. On the yeah, podcast. I was thinking of that. We definitely need to have him back on, like, at least once a month. Because I mean, he's, he's, he's a good one. You know, everybody, make sure to check out FNF, family and friends. Uh, you know, we'll put a link. You can send us your email uh, in, in the Instagram pages, and, and we'll get you connected. But uh, One of the questions I forgot to ask him, though, is, like, has he had anybody, like, from a pyramid scheme frozen for <laughs> trying to be like – You mean, you mean, you mean like, the, like, the Zima energy drinks? Right. Like those, like, random college kids would be like, oh, you should buy this. The guy who sold it to me bought, had a Maserati, and he's only 30. Exactly. And, like, he was leasing that Maserati for, like, a week at an insane interest rate, and he really drove, like – his mom's off-color GMC Jimmy with, like, the purple door. Did I ever tell you about how I got my mom for Mary Kay in, like, the 90s because this lady came to our door, and I was, like, 
pulling on her hair and climbing all over. And the lady's like, I'm sorry, I have to get away from your son. However, oh my, my mom God. like totally what she said, she totally would have buckled and like signed up for this pyramid scheme. If I wasn't such a menace at like three years old, if you can, that's the beauty of a pyramid scheme. If you can get at the top of it, you, you make the money, but like, it's so hard to get to the top of it, you know, but I guess, I guess that's, that's for another day. Uh, Ganoush, I wanted to bring something to your attention right now. And this is uh, this is an interesting little news article uh, that I wanted to make our listeners aware of. This comes from NBC News, uh, among other news outlets. Uh, quote, former Israeli space security chief says extraterrestrials exist and Trump knows about it. A, gal- quote, galactic federation has been waiting for humans to, quote, reach a stage where we will understand what space and spaceships are, said Chaim Eshed. So, Ganoush, it, it looks like it looks like aliens exist. Confirm or deny? So, that's kind of where you lost me when he's like, Trump knows about it. I mean, dude, you think Trump would hold that back? I mean, he's so mad right now. He's so petty. He'd probably be, <laughs> I, he's, he'd probably be like, oh, yeah. Joe Biden stole the election and aliens also exist. I mean, right. I mean, there's no way this guy can be right. Right. But at the same point, like part of me who's watched so many different like conspiracy theory videos or like, I mean, it makes a point. Like we're definitely not at the level where we could like interact with the Galactic Federation. I mean, I guess like Rick and Morty can do that, but that's because Rick's the smartest man in the universe. But, you know, it's just and he goes into detail on this stuff. Like, I mean, this guy. He's not like some chump dude. Like he was one of like the head cheeses for for Israel. So you think their weapons are so advanced? Like we don't say anything because there's just absolutely nothing we could do about it if they wanted to like attack. Dude, us or it could be like a Men in Black kind of thing where you know we just get neuralized every time we see it. You know, that's I think something like that could happen. But I, I don't know. I don't really know if I'd want to. Like they always say, you don't want to reach out to aliens because like. They would either, it's like how we would treat an ant, right? Like if you see an ant, you either step over it or you step on it. Like aliens would be so much more advanced than we were that they'd just like either leave us alone or like destroy us. Oh, well, that's what I'm saying. So are they looking at us like with a magnifying glass right now and like the sun's about to come and just zap us all, you know? Right, right. So, so. I, I could honestly, I mean, there was like a jewel pod in the desert. Is that my reading something correctly? <laughs> it was a, uh, I think it was a monolith. I heard there were okay. many monoliths uh, showing up around, but I'm sure it was just some some hooligan artists, you know, trying to uh, make a make maybe a, a visual art exhibit. Or I mean, dude, Logan prank. Paul is fighting Floyd Mayweather, so nothing surprises me. If there's aliens exist right now, like that's cool. So who's I mean, gonna win that fight? Is Logan Paul or Floyd Mayweather? I mean, I'm a big guy, so I gotta go with the big guy. But no, I'm not gonna go with the big guy because you know dude, Floyd, Floyd Mayweather. Mayweather. Logan Paul, if you're listening. Love to have you on the podcast to, uh, you know, talk about your potential strategies. But, yeah, I mean, I can't see a way in which Floyd Mayweather it, doesn't. It honestly reminds me of when round. ESPN had a guy on from, like, for college game day. They had a bet on from college game day, and they're like, so, yeah, Texas is playing LSU. Who would win, Bebo or Mike the Tiger? And they're like, well, you're talking <laughs> about a um, uh, animal of prey versus uh, – I mean, a you're, livestock versus a, a predator. Yeah, so, you're, you're, you're yeah. talking about an animal that – we professionally raise and right. kill and eat versus arguably the most dangerous cat. One of the two most dangerous cats out there. So yeah, I mean, I gotta, I gotta give it to future, future Logan Paul. He's uh he's not going to fare too well against uh money. Man I don't Leather. think he'll get knocked out, but I think it's, he's, they're probably going to throw in the towel just because he, he won't be able to land anything. He's going to get frustrated. And like, it's just going to be like Logan Paul lost to a, a professional fifa player uh like video game player that ksi guy oh and yeah he, like the reason he lost because he he wrapped his hand around the back of the guy's head and uppercut him it's like dude this isn't like a middle school it's not like street fight. fighting right exactly and it's like boxing is it really is like i hate to be a snob but it really is an art dude i mean you it's not like hey the biggest baddest guy wins granted sometimes that happens like with mike tyson you know when he was boxing but he was a hell of a boxer too so you got to look at it like from a standpoint points uh where Floyd's going to land. I mean, he's going to block most of Logan Paul's stuff. The dude, I mean, he, dude, he was bred to be a boxer. He was born and raised a boxer. Right. You know, it's just like, there's no, I don't, I don't, I'd say the chances he, uh, were, he was not born more like one to in be, a he was not born to be a reader. Uh, that no, was clear. No. Um, so maybe Logan Paul would be best bringing a couple copies. I'm going to root of, for uh, Logan Harry Paul. I'm going to, what about you? 
Uh, eh, you know, I, he's kind of a smug, smug asshole. So, no, I think that's more of his know. little brother's worse than him. They're both pretty bad, but the older They're, a little bit better. Logan Paul was the one that like went to the he went to the forest in the suicide forest in Japan. Like, give me a break, Buster. But then again, he is making like fifteen million years. Yeah. So Speaking of people who've made mistakes, what do you think about Miles Garrett and being named uh, Walter Payton Man of the Year? I think uh, I think if you'd have told 2019 Miles Garrett after he uh, after he smashed my, Mason Rudolph on the on the noggin with his own helmet that he'd be very happy at how much his character changed in the past year. I mean, maybe COVID really turned him into a changed man. But yeah, yeah, no, that one uh, I didn't have that in my 2020 board of things I expected. What did you have again? Your favorite things for 2020. Well, it's funny you say that. I actually have a little list here. So we're going to segue now to a couple segments, uh, you know, with the, I guess, thinking about three things that, I mean, this year has all been challenging on all of us. That has definitely been true. But there have certainly been, um, you know, some great, some great memories I've gotten out of it. Number one is moving into my current apartment, which I love with my, at the time, soon to be now current fiance, sweet Dana. Uh, number two would be uh, proposing to said sweet Dana. And then number three was at the beginning of, of quarantine, the lockdowns, when we headed back to Atlanta, really getting to spend some quality time uh, with the parents. Not, not that I, I mean, I'm fortunate that I see and, and talk with them a lot, but, you know, I don't know if I'll ever really have a time where, again, where I'll live with them for an extended uh, period of time. That was, so was, that was when was me great. and Johnny F came over and drank like 17 bush lights apiece. And then we had to Uber those back. were yeah that yeah. was like in week two and we were like oh my god like can we be with you know is it like safe to be outside but yeah those were those were interesting times uh, what about you what are your three uh, definitely getting my puppy Chappie the Saint Bernard uh, it's been a amazing having him he's uh, growing every day he's eighteen pounds now when I got him he was eighteen like, yeah he was nine when I got him he's only he just turned nine weeks uh, today or tomorrow he turns nine weeks tomorrow. So I've had him for two total weeks now, and uh, he's been brought me more joy than I ever expected, uh, and it's just been an amazing, uh, amazing experience having a dog, and uh, I love him to death. Uh, and then I would say I had a really big year in the mortgage business where interest rates are super That's low, great. and uh, I think I got closer with my parents too, you, you know, uh, and yeah, I, I try to look at things sort of glass half full and stayed away from watching so much news. Uh, and seeing about the pandemic, you know, we all kind of know what's going on in the back of our heads, but I think it's good mentally to get out there and like sort of live your life and instead of just cowering in fear, you know, obviously you want to take precautions, wear a mask, all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, dude, I mean, you gotta, you, you know, we're in our primes, you know what I mean? You only got one life. Right. Y-O-L-O yeah. or YOLO as the kids say. All right, we got one more here uh, before the end of the show. You know, I don't know if you know this week, but uh, Monday, December 7th was the um, 79th anniversary of the Japanese bombing on Pearl Harbor that led the United States into World War II. Day afterwards, uh, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt gave his famous, a day, uh, this day will live in infamy speech. And it kind of got me thinking, Ganoush, it got me thinking about really badass speeches uh, that really badass people give. So I'll start, then I'll have you go. Uh, I'm going to name the top three badass speeches I can think of right off the top of my head. Number one, it's got to be Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech. You know, very important for the cause of civil rights. Uh, really a momentous speech that, you know, all Americans can appreciate. We can appreciate equality, fighting for your fellow man. Uh, number two, uh, Kirby Smart, I want you to eat. I want you to eat. I want you to eat. I mean, that just, that one always gets me. I mean, I'm glad he wants me to eat. I, I want to eat when I hear Kirby say that. In fact, I'm going to have some dinner in a little bit. So that's another great one. And then a third, I, I got to go with the timeless from uh, the NBC hit comedy show, The Office, uh, Dwight Schrute uh, quoting Benito Mussolini when he says, blood alone moves the wheels of history at the Dunder Mifflin sales conference. I got to give it to Dwight. He found the confidence to give that speech. So, so there's three I got right there. Ganesh, what about you? So number one, I got to go with Winston Churchill after, I believe it was after Dunkirk. He said, we'll fight him on the beaches. We'll fight him in the air. We'll fight him in the landing grounds. We shall never give up. We shall never surrender. It was, surrender. that gives me chills. Like one. saying that, you know, no matter what, we're not going to surrender to Nazi Germany. That's so I thought that was like just the hypest speech of all time. And got to love Winston Churchill for that. 
My other two are actually from movies. Uh, I had to throw a couple of movies in there. You know, I'm the movie guy. So uh, big movie classic, guy. you know, and this actually pertains to our conversation earlier, classic alien movie, Independence Day. Also, Will Smith in there, Men in Black. So I'm, I'm incorporating everything in here. Uh, maybe I might have had this up my sleeve. So Bill Pullman gets on top of a uh, – he's the president in this movie. He gets on top of uh, – I think it was like a van or something like that and just gives one of the most chill, amazing presidential speeches ever. I, You know, he's just – it's uh, it, it was just pretty epic. So definitely check out that Independence Day speech by Bill Pullman. And then I would I'd say obviously number three, you got to do Braveheart. You know they may take our lives, but they'll never take our. But they will never take our freedom. Yeah. And, you know it's always shown at sports events, like in the fourth quarter. Like actually go back and watch that movie now that like you're grown, because like, a lot of people saw that when they were probably like in middle school and stuff. And that movie is a fucking classic it is that's a top 10 all-time movie for me no doubt and i've seen pretty much every movie how i uh i hear that all righty boys and girls well that is all the time we have today uh big shout out again to our guest earlier thanks so much for coming on uh mr jd uh tune in next time we got a great guest uh coming up uh in a couple weeks if we don't hear from you uh through the holidays everybody have a safe and happy and merry christmas and a happy hanukkah tonight is the first night of hanukkah and a wonderful new year and as always make sure to check that spam folder because we are per my last email